If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Shine, 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 shine. Hi, everyone. I hope you're all shining bright. We're going to shine it up. Welcome to the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. Come join me on this journey as we unpack the Real Housewives of Melbourne, deep dive into all things that I do, spirituality, manifestation, self-empowerment, and being a psychic medium. And I'll chat to some friends along the way. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Shine It Up podcast. I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode and for those of you going through a similar journey to what I have been through, I hope that other listening to last week's episode that you realize that you are not alone and just how much value there is in telling the people around you what you are going through and to have faith that it will happen with everything that we went through. We are now so close to having our twins. Right now, Ben and I are busy, very busy nesting and actually getting organized and ready for the babies to arrive. And I will say I am so nervous. I can't wait to meet them. I want to see their little personalities and I just want to see how they look. Do they look like me? Do they look like Ben? And then I get really anxious sometimes. And I think, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So it's 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 all happening. So something personal about what I have been doing – in my spare time, whilst getting ready for the babies, well, actually, some TV shows that Ben and I have been watching just as I've been relaxing is this show that's on Netflix called Squid Game. Oh, my God. Somebody recommended this show to me. And I started, I said, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> it's so, like, off tap that I can't stop watching it. Isn't it crazy? Like, I'm watching these games and then I want to keep watching every episode, but it's so gory and so off tap. And just seeing people shot dead, green light, red light. If you haven't watched Squid Game, it's like next level of Hunger Games, but like next level. And I just go to bed, what the hell are we watching? But I can't stop watching it. Oh, so I've been watching that. What else? What have I been doing to get ready for the babies? Oh, my God. I've been online. Ben's been online shopping for breast pumps. He's the best researcher. So I can always rely on Ben to research everything. So Ben's gone out, researched the best breast pumps. I've got that moving. I've bought so many onesies for these two little beautiful bubbers, but I'm being very practical. I've made sure that I'm just buying onesies with zips because for the first three months, they'll be eating, they'll be sleeping, I'll be changing nappies. So I'm just making sure everything's practical. And even when I like bought the socks and the little mittens and they've all arrived, I'm like, oh my God, look how cute these are, the little bopper bears. And then you've got like the little beanies, everything's so bloody cute. And the little baths and the bounces and the uh, swaddles and the baby blankets and the bassinets and the um, twin, beautiful, cute little prams. Everything's so gorgeous. So yeah, I've been having fun doing that. And 
I have to say the babies aren't far away and I'm just counting the days. But I have to be honest, there are days where I get really anxious and nervous and go, oh, my God, I hope they're going to latch. Am I going to be a good mother? What about my old life? I'm kind of in a weird way grieving my old life. And it's like, well, I can't send them back. Um, I would never send them back. But you don't have these random thoughts. I mean, that's a natural reaction, right? Like, I don't know. Like, you know, I won't be able to just get up and go for a dinner like I did before without having to think about anybody else but me. So that will be interesting. But like I said, I can't wait to meet them. I'm so excited. So the moment we have all been waiting for on Sunday night, the first episode of The Real Housewives of Melbourne. For me, meeting all the new ladies was absolutely wonderful. I'm going to tell you why, because I felt like there was new energy that's came into the group. I felt Cherry, Kyle and Simone brought something different. I could actually feel that they were quite nervous, to be fair. I mean, anybody coming into a successful reality show like The Real Housewives of Melbourne would have a little bit of, oh my God, nerves or excitement. So I could feel their nerves a bit, but you know, they did really, really well. I felt like they came into the group and I felt like they engaged. And for me, I actually enjoy meeting new people. I like to know what people's passions are about. I like to know where they come from. I like just knowing about people. I'm a real people's person. So it was really fun to just get to know some new ladies for the first episode. And the dinner, even though there's a little bit of shade there (laughs) towards Janet and the glasses and Kyla and whatnot, I also feel that they brought something that the viewers will like. And it's just a newness and a fresh energy, you know. What else? The soak bar. I was there to relax, but it quickly turned, didn't it, a little bit. But you'll have to wait for um, episode two to see how that rolls out. Just trying to think if there's any moments that I remember that didn't make it to the show from those early days. There's been a lot of moments because we do so much filming and there's hours and hours and hours and hours of filming, right, that you have to try and condense those hours into one episode. So there's a lot of things that don't get in, but there's a lot of times I've done psychic meeting readings for 45 minutes or 30 minutes with some other ladies and you've only seen a few minutes of it. So, you know, that's the type of thing that you don't always see because you can't fit everything in. Oh, and times when, you know, we'd start filming and it'd be finished and then we'd all just kind of sit down and relax and decompress and have a wine. And then, you know, we'd chat about our arguments and go, well, this is how I felt. And then we'd get over it and move on. So they're they're pretty good moments too that you can actually have a rapport with your cast mates and be able to shine on and move on. My thoughts on the scenes that I wasn't in, I thought they were hilarious. I mean, look at Gamble and Janet. I mean, them two doing yoga was bloody hilarious. Downward dog, I don't know what the hell Gamble was doing, but she wore a gorgeous Jenny Lee outfit and she was shining up. Watching Gamble and Janet was bloody hilarious. Today is such an exciting day. I have my very first guest joining me on the podcast. You all know and love her. It's, of course, the one and only Gina Liano. I had so much fun chatting with Gina, so let's not wait any longer. Let's get straight into it. We're going to shout it up. Gina Liano, the queen of Real Housewives of Melbourne. <laughs> I miss you so much. I know this is so weird to say, but I actually miss you. And when I was feel- started filming season five, I was like going, Ugh. I was like saying to production, like, I actually le- like legitimately miss Gina. Like, I miss your energy. It was different, I'm guessing. 
Very, very, very different. And it's different. I mean, the dynamics are different. Everything's different, but it's just the energy because, you know, we get the shows. We know what's what we have to do and we just get on with it. But even Janet, she's like every other day. (laughs) Where's Gina? Why did she leave us? Yeah, well, I mean, I think we worked it out from very early in the piece that, you know, we didn't want no one's soul to be destroyed and we were there to entertain and didn't matter what happened, there was still a sisterly love there and a bond and a connection. And yeah. Anyone who didn't follow that program really didn't last, did they? That's exactly right. And it's going to be interesting to see how this season goes because I reckon that you may come back. I hope you do. Let's just put that out to the universe, girl. I'm going to fucking put that shit out to the universe. Imagine if, like, next season it came back and said, Gina, Liana is back. I'll be like, young girl is back. Some of them are out. Well, it was a hard decision not to come, to step away from the show. It was, was a hard ask decision. You, that. you know, you made that decision as well last season. Well, it was for season five, but last year. So it is a, it is a big decision because you have a real connection with your followers. You know, you really appreciate their loyalty. and Yeah. You know, so it's hard to step away. But I have been a very busy girl working, so I've been very distracted. But I think when the show goes to air, I'll be thinking, oh, I really missed that. Yeah, well, there's always next year, girl. The million-dollar question, I reckon, is why did you actually leave to focus more on your career? Like, listen, not only is Gina Liano a barrister, she's an author, she's a team of personality, she's a businesswoman, she's a curator. Like, hello, there's nothing that Gina can't do. (laughs) Did you just want to focus on you, kind of step back for a minute and just do you? I think what happened was I did sign on for season five last year. Then when it didn't go ahead, I threw myself into my practice. And when it came around, I was just too entrenched in my work and I just thought (laughs) I actually can't get out of it. And apart from that, I was enjoying what I was doing, you know. I just thought, well, I'll just focus on my career for a little bit. So that was really the reason. Um, For everyone listening that wants to know, because you know I'm a manifesto, you know I'm a psychic medium, you know this is what I love to do. This is really my sole purpose. And for me, I always believe, and we've had these conversations even off camera, Gina's very spiritual. Gina is very... Um, leads in her faith and her truth. And the one thing that um, that I do know, listeners, about Gina is that everything she's basically prayed for has come to fruition. That has, when you actually look at it. And I want to know how, because, you know, I'm a believer in that nothing happens by circumstance. I want to know how the show, because I don't think we even discussed this, how was it you were actually approached for the show? Because I know for me, I just said to the universe, I looked at the water and said, I'm going to be in a show like this. And Ben was like, bullshit. Like, do you know how hard it is to be on the housewives? <laughs> well, there's an interesting story because I read the Bible. I haven't read it for a long time, but I read it sporadically. And I read it cover to cover as a young girl because I was really curious about the stories were and how you know, they came to came about and when I get into a distressed state, not always, but sometimes I will open the Bible just randomly and pick a passage, that's what speaks to me. And I was upset, I was in a relationship, my partner was moving to the States, as you all know, that formed part of the storyline in season one, and I got scripture that said, your life's about to change, God loves you, I can't remember what it was exactly, I've, I've got it marked in my Bible, can you feel it, the change is coming. And I thought, no, <laughs> I can't feel it at all. <laughs> yes. It's a life-changing thing, isn't it, you know, to have a public profile, to go from a private life to having that. Right. 
And about a week later, the producers went into my sister's clothing store, T.L. Wood, and they said, look, we're casting at the moment and Gina's name keeps coming up and we we don't know how to contact her. So we've come in to ask you and Teresa, my sister, said, oh, God, she'd be fantastic. She's the type of person that makes you laugh and cry in the same sentence. So they contacted me and as soon as I walked into that meeting, I saw a big smile on their face and I thought, "Uh uh-oh, all right, I'm going to get roped into this. (laughs) (laughs) So that was the big change that was um, foretold. See how it kind of like led, like it's almost like you got the message from the Bible that said your life is about to change in a big way and it certainly did. My God, breakout star of the Real Housewives of Melbourne and you're so loved by all of your followers and they still love you. Like I even know that, when the lineup came up for season five and when I came out and said, I'm, you know, I'm coming back and they said, oh, so what is it that you change? I said, I think Jane needs to come back. I said, she's, <laughs> she's iconic on her own. And you know, there's a couple of times I've actually said, and I can't tell you, you know, I can't break the fourth wall or give storylines out, but there's been a couple of times where I've gone, Oi, you're not Gina, mate. Like I've said it on the season, okay, you're not fucking Gina, mate. Like you like, it's, it's, it's it's actually hilarious. Settle down, girls. <laughs> like there have been some times where I've yeah. gone, Callan girl, you've been watching every season and I think you've you you know, words that you would use like misinterpreted and stuff like that. And, and I'm sitting there going, mate, you like I've had arguments with some of these chicks. You're not Gina. Stop trying to pretend she's iconic in her own right, and you're not going to be the next Gina, mate. Like, snap out of it. <laughs> you knew some of the women going to season one. A question that one of the viewers want want to know is: How did your relationship or perceptions of the people you knew going in change during the course? Of the first couple of seasons, I mean, I already know the answer to that. You know, like sometimes when fame hits people, they change, you know. Look, I will say I was friends with Lydia, um, or I knew, knew Lydia and was friends with her, and Andrea. I think Andrea, obviously, that all unfolded. Everyone saw that. So that was a bit yeah. of a surprise. Lydia, I was a little bit surprised in season one, but we managed to, you know, Work reconnect. Yeah, and we've got a really beautiful friendship. I mean, I adore Lydia. And Janet, oh, look, Janet has always made me laugh. She's gorgeous, Janet. Do you know what, though? When you two get together, the one thing people always ask me is, off camera, how are you ladies? And I said, listen, you people don't get it. Like, off camera, as soon as that shoots over, we will sit there, have a drink or have a wine and carry on yep. and crap on. And we don't allow what just happened to actually move into us sitting around having a fun time. <laughs> That's right. And in fact, if it does move in, it's usually because we're giving each other a hug and a kiss. Like if we have a hectic reunion or anything like that, you know, like I think after the last season when we finished filming the reunion, you know, we all cried. I think it was closure on the season as well, but we all cried and Janet was hugging and then we all partied, didn't we, till three? Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. Loved it going from room to room to room with Lisa and Pip and, and everybody else. <laughs> Because we were getting... Yeah, we did get into trouble. I forgot about that. What actually happened was we were getting, like, the reception kept banging on the door saying, you people need to quieten down. And it was like, we're not quieting down. We moved to another room, keep partying. Yeah, we kept going from room to room to room and taking all the alcohol. Janet was like, get into your rooms and get the alcohol out. I said, all right, girl, let's go. What do you reckon was your favourite moment in Housewives? Really? Do you know, I've been asked that question before and I don't think I can actually narrow it down to one scenario because I see the whole thing. I don't know if anything really stood out as my favourite. I think 
there were so many favourite moments, really. I mean, last season I had so much fun with Lydia. But the standout moment was you kicking the door in <laughs> at Petty Flew's birthday. <laughs> you deserve that, girl. Like, I was coming back for you. <laughs> Everybody's looking my favourite moment with you. <laughs> I thought, whoa. Do you know your sister, when I met your sister, she actually told me about that scene and she actually said, you to remind me of my other sister, how she used to go with Gina back in the day when you guys were younger. Like, and I was like laughing. <laughs> Do you know there's these stupid memes with G- with you going, there's some stupid memes where it's like, out, and I'm like, open the door. <laughs> it's just- open the door, kicking the door in. But, look, I think if, if one of the other girls did that, I may not have been so forgiving. I don't know what it was. I think because you and I built a rapport in the first place, even though, you know, we sort of didn't get off on a great yeah, yeah. audience observation, but I think we had a mutual respect. So even though I was saying things about you, you were saying things about me, I think we both respected where each other yeah. was coming from. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. were very protective of each other. And I remember going into season one and thinking, there's no way that I'm ever going to do anything to harm anybody's career here, parenting, relationships. You know, I thought that they're all really sacred things, you know, and it was really just difference of opinion. Neither of us were right and neither of us were, wrong, were wrong, but it was entertaining. It was entertaining to see. And I think you and I made some absolutely spectacular television together, <laughs> that's for sure. 100%. So many people were like, you two are like these dysfunctional sisters, like going back and forth. And then people would say, would yeah. you would you actually talk to Gina after that? I go, yeah. Like we would just get a vodka and drink and go back and have a conversation with Gina. Yeah. Like, what do you think? I'm not going to talk to her for the next month. No, nah, man. That's just not how we roll. And I reckon it's the way we've been raised. Yeah, but I also think there is a point where we just knew to stop you know, that it was going to go just a bit far. We weren't willing to take it there. Yeah, because that wasn't entertaining and what we were doing and what we thought wasn't important enough to savage or to damage each other. I think that's why there's a love there because it wouldn't matter. I mean, I didn't see you after season four for ages and as soon as I spoke to you, it was like instant. Yeah, it's like yesterday. It's like, you know, it was just a day that's gone past and that's how we really are. People don't understand that actually. People will be like, I just so wanted you and Gina to get along. I said, we actually do. And let me tell you, like, I've got very strong boundaries with loyalty and if someone's my mate, they're my mate, right? And I've always said that if somebody said something about you, I didn't like it. But if I said something about you, it was okay. It's weird. Like, I was allowed to, but nobody else was allowed to. That's how sisters are. But, uh, you know, I confided a lot in you and you were really, um, you had a lot of integrity, which is what Thank I you. admire. And vice versa, vice versa, there's a lot of things I told you too that, you know, that yeah. a lot of people don't know the things we've discussed and we've just, you know, kept that to ourselves. And that's, I think that's what a, a really, a, a judgmental friendship really is about, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the one thing I actually said to Ben, I said, over the years, I said, the one thing that Gina has never done is that she hasn't just gone out and gone, I'm going to go for this person, I'm going to go for this person. You've never done that. And I said, and that is something that like speaks volumes because when you do a show like this, right, there's a lot of people, it doesn't matter, some of the cast members, what have you, but when a show comes to air and people are, you know, fame comes into their environment, people change. They really do. And, you know, I've seen it. I know you've seen it. 
It's like, you know, or to kind of stay relevant, just kind of things will be said that's not true or whatever it is. And then sometimes you kind of don't want to get upset by it, but you know what the show's about. But the facts are too, people actually think that all these things that we do have just been made up, like we've been told what to say. And it's like, no, what you actually see when Gina cracks it or I crack it or Lydia cracks it or Chi cracks it, mate, that's really happening. Yeah. Like Dubai. People have asked me, was that set up when Gina yelled at Penny Flair? I go, how fucking no? I said, I want to fucking head. Like, Did no. you see the look on everyone's face when I said it? You just snapped the fuck out of it. I've had enough of your indulged bull fucking shit. But I loved it. It was so, that was iconic, man. Like the, the Dubai trick was so good. But you know, what people didn't understand is that there's a build up of petty flow, bang, 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 bang. And it's like, dude, like you just got to stop for a second because you fucking can't get a word in edgeway. You know, it's not about putting it down, but that's what we were experiencing at that time. Right. Doesn't mean she's a bad person, just means that she's doing her head in. She was very forgiving, though, I must say, because there was that rapport as well. You know, we had spent a lot of time together building a friendship and trust. And and like I said to her from the start, because she got very upset her first season, you know, I just said to her, we're not here. We're not here to destroy souls. We're here to entertain. Don't ever forget. Yeah. I want to know what your favourite trip was away. What's your favourite trip that we had away? I think Dubai. Yeah. I think Dubai was the most fun. Gosh, they were just times that we took for granted, weren't they, really? A camel ride. (laughs) Get me off, man. Get me off the camel. The psycho the camel I was on. The camel Janet was on attached to my (laughs) body was just went off the dial, didn't it? Yeah, I think it did. Mm. I'm not even joking. I think it did. But they were the times, like, look at COVID now, like like you said. Yeah, like yeah. We just took that part of our lives for granted and there was no reason to not or to even think one moment that we would be taking it for granted. But when, do, when can we book a trip to Dubai again? I don't know, babe. I really don't know. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh. What is it that you actually miss about most about doing Housewives? I think the action and the companionship, the girls, you know, the crew. Yeah. Fun. I mean, yeah. I had fun with it all. Yeah, yeah. Having somewhere, you know, that you have to be, just yeah. the excitement of it all. You were famous for your one-liners in the show. What do you think was your best and most funniest one? Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Don't look down. I think that was really an insignificant ass hair. Like that's can have your opinion, darling. You are not I the same. Don't even care. You're an insignificant ass hair. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one too. But I think don't look, darling, was really the start of it. Okay. All right. I don't that's particularly good. want to talk to you. That's, that's good. That she really suits me. Because I actually you. get offended even looking at you well, now. Don't look, darling. All right. Yeah. Don't good. look. <laughs> That was a good one too. It's almost like, where do you go with that? Like, you can drop the mic, bang. Right. There's, there's, there's nowhere to go, girl. There's, there's no nowhere to go. 
Well, don't look. I can't stand looking at you. I can't even stand looking at you. Well, don't look. What do you want? <laughs> How did you enjoy season five? Well, for me personally, I enjoyed it. You know, I had Rochi there and Gamble. But I really, like, your energy definitely was missed from me, like, from my point of view. Yeah, but uh, look, I'm just hoping that it was entertaining. Look, I believe the show was definitely entertaining. I mean, obviously, my baby's a big storyline and and going through the IVF journey. But what's entertaining is, um, like, just Rochi, just laughing because she's just, no shit's given. Like, And Gamble's gorgeous. Gamble's gorgeous. Gamble, she misses you so much too. Like Gamble was just like, she was on another level, which is like so amazing. Like she makes me laugh. She really brought the comedy to the show. Yeah, I I feel like it's, I just want to know, for me personally, I just want to see how the audience actually connects with the new ones because everyone's so used to us, right? So it's interesting to see when there's four new housewives, how that will translate. So... Yeah. The hard thing, you haven't seen what they've been up to when you're not there filming with them. So that's a little bit, you know, that you don't know what's going to happen, which keeps you just see what's going on and, and how they've behaved on camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tricky. know how that works, girl. You know how that works. Yeah, uh, so you've done perfumes, Tan, you're an author. At the moment, I'm just working on my career. I'm yeah. very happy practising. The barrister. Now, I've signed the bar role in 1999, so I've been doing it for over 20 of years. And I love it. It was a big, you know, it was a big thing for me to pursue that career as a young girl. And, you know, so I've been a barrister longer than I've been anything else. And I've been a girl even longer <laughs> than I've been a barrister. <laughs> I've been a girl even longer. I love you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think just focusing on my career, on my practice. Yeah. And really that's what my plan is going forward. Have you thought about doing online courses? Like not as in you just present this is just psychic I just got right now. Like online courses where where you can actually teach people how to get into law. That's a like a like an entrepreneurial ship type of situation where yeah, yeah. you have teachers under your name, so it's your business where you have teachers that come in and show people how to get into law or show people how to get into becoming a lawyer or, or, or a barrister or just into that environment. Like a mentoring type of purpose. Yes. Uh, look, you know what? I'm so busy in court every day. I start at <laughs> night. You know, by the time I finish the cases I've got on that day, it's four or five yeah. o'clock and then I've got to prepare for the next day. So, And I am a marriage celebrant as well. So, I as know, you know, I forgot that. Sorry, oh my god, of course you are. Everybody loves you. You are all what you're everywhere. Yes, Gina G is a marriage celebrant and she's amazing at it. I know you've married some people that I've actually just met on the street that have come up to me and they're like, Gina Leona's married us and it was the best. We loved her outfit. She came in, she was shining, and I was like, Yeah, that's Gina. She brings so much comedy to our weddings. You're very much loved yeah. in that environment as well. And the thing about you is when you do marry people, you're very much about doesn't matter who you're getting married to, it's all about the love and that's what I love. It's all about the love and that's all it is about, nothing else. Love wins. Yeah, and it's interesting because well, I have a lot of gay couples that I marry, not as many girls, more boys. Yeah. I don't know if that's because as many girls are getting married or whether I've just got a bigger male gay following. But, you know, I do say to them, you know, I find that the boys – 
tend to have a really big wedding group. The girls struggle a bit. A lot of people won't come to the wedding or they're very private. And I say to them, look, you, you guys are the pioneers. You are the start of this, you know, movement. And the pioneers always get slaughtered and the settlers find gold. You know, we know this through history. So I just say just keep going with it. You know, I've had couples that um, are getting married and their grandparents won't come, you know, because they've not supported their relationship. But they always end up coming on the 11th hour. They change their mind and they just come along because yeah. they're used to it. But if they know 700 other people in the last 10 years whose children have same-sex marriages, it just becomes a way of life. So I love being part of this whole revolution, this whole movement, and it is all about love. Love wins at the end of the day. And being a lawyer, advocating for, for marriage equality, you know, my argument has always been why should two people, regardless of their gender, mm. why should two people who decide to commit a life together not have the recognition of the law? Why of course. Why? And that's what it all of course. To at the end of that's the day. wrong. What's the advice you can give me as a mother, a first-time mother, but newborn babies you know like this is like I'll tell you my advice it's like getting a puppy they don't know you they don't know your language they don't know what you mean and being a parent is from a newborn is giving that baby time to understand what you're saying giving the baby time to know what you want because children have a natural adoration for their parents they have this unconditional love they want to please and babies are very receptive to facial expression. If a baby looks at you and you don't have any expression, they can actually get quite distressed. If they smile and you don't smile back, they it can Girl, be quite you know distressing. my facials. I've got facials left, right and centre. <laughs> so that won't be a problem, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, but all those key little responses. So just be really patient. It's hard work because you know, you're going to want to breastfeed and you're going to want to do all these things that are the best for the child. They'll cry. They have no other way of knowing how to communicate with you. They don't even know they're crying. They can't hear themselves. So just be really patient with them. And when they do cry, go to them. You don't have a, a long enough relationship for you to start leaving them to cry it out. Yeah. Get to yep. know them first. Right? Yeah. No, you're a spot Let on. them know I never let my kids cry. People say let them cry. Everyone's got different theories, but I think the trick is to be consistent. I was consistently there when they cried, so I would go in to see what, what they were trying to tell me. I didn't try and let them cry it out. I went there and I spoke to them, and I always spoke to them, even from birth, like they were people. So they understood my voice, my tone, my language, even though they couldn't respond I love that. I actually love that. When you're tired, it's very hard to be rational and have a really clear mind, you know, and they scream and you just want it to stop because you haven't slept for th six months and you're tired. Just talk to them and tell them, say, Mama's really tired. We're going to have a little sleep. You tell me what's wrong and point, like let them know you're paying attention to the detail. Is it your nappy? Well, use the words. Is it your nappy? Come on, Mama, change I your nappy. I love this. I love right? this. Them through it. So does that make you feel better? And if they cry, what about you're hungry? Do you want a little drink? Like you would a person yeah. talk to them like that and then they can't respond but they know 
they feel nurtured and safe. Yeah, do you know that's brilliant advice, Gina, and I'm certainly going to take that on because I don't like this whole, you know, people are like, oh, look at this little pup. Like I'm like you in the sense of I quite matter of fact, but I am very nurturing, but I'm talking about like you talking to them as a little, like a little human. That would be me. My children did say to them, I robbed them of their innocence because I explained everything to them. <laughs> when they were growing up, I explained everything to them. They grow up with strong self-esteem, you know, and I think at the end of the day what happens with being a parent, my theory was the world will sort them out. As long as when they shut their eyes at night, they've got inner peace and words, you know, life and death by the power of the tongue, they say in the Bible, for example. So, you know, your words are really important. So I always made sure that even if we didn't get along for a moment, that we even talked about that and how it made each other feel and that we weren't going to do that and this was going to be another approach. So I did thrash a lot of things out with them. And you can win me any time, by the way, along the I way. I will. You, <laughs> you know can. I will. Like, don't get that Don't get that twisted. I definitely, definitely will. I've just got a few more questions, Gina. What song turns you up the most? What people don't know about Gina G, she loves to dance because I've danced with her many a times. What's your favourite <laughs> song that turns you up? September. Yeah, 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 girl. I get it. What was the last TV show you binged? Oh, what was it? Wentworth? Yeah, Wentworth. I love those girls. Do you? Oh, I've met them. We've met them. We've met them in real life, but um, I haven't seen the show. And if you had endless resources, time, and nothing else to do on the planet, what would you do with your time, not including material possessions? Like what would you do? I think it's probably sticking your purpose. I don't know, maybe sticking your purpose of helping people. I would I would foster dogs. Yeah. I've got quite a big property in on the peninsula like it's got big backyard I would foster dogs and I would have them here running around and I'd walk them and feed them fresh food like my dogs I cook a meal for them every night I'd feed them fresh food get their nutrition up really talk to them nurture them if they were scared you know try and coax them out of that just give them lots of love that's what I would do. Oh, did uh, listeners out there, what you don't know is Jenny used to give me treats all the time. Jenna and I love chocolate. We like to eat. There is, we don't sit around going, oh, I'm not going to have this. Like, whenever I was starving, Jenny would be like, I'd be sitting in the makeup room and I'd feel this thing thrown at me. And I'm like, what's that? It's chocolate, man. Bang, have a chocolate, Jenny. Go to my bag, Jenny. Fucking chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. So Gina's always got treats on hand. If I got a chocolate, I'd always put my other hand out for one for Jackie. One yeah, for Jackie. That's it. That's it. That's if you were it. getting aggressive, I would throw chocolate at you because I, <laughs> I knew that that would sweeten you up. But maybe you were hungry. Something just came to my head. Remember when you'd say to me, Jackie, you've always got your period. And I'm like, I do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every reunion, I don't know how it happened, but I was in serious pain. And then I'd, I'd go from being, um, calm for a second, then completely aggro and it'd be like this. <laughs> and you'd be like, fucking give her chocolate, Perry. What are you doing? Take those rose shares off those things and fucking have it, girl. Before I let you go, one more question, Gina. What's the one thing you're looking forward to watching on season five of The Real Housewives of Melbourne? What are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to all of it, can I tell you? I want to see how the new girls are going because obviously we've had a season in Sydney and a season in New Zealand that didn't get recommissioned. So, you know, I worry. I feel protective of the show. I'm part of the of foundation of, of the show. Of course, you definitely are. So I know you and Janet and Gamble will, I just know that there'll be lots to entertain with. So 
just worried about those other four and hopefully, you know, they didn't muck it up. I don't think they will. I don't think they've mucked it up at all. I just think that when you're coming to a show and you don't really understand it, like we we didn't know what the hell we were doing, right? We just got in there and we just got on with it because we had to. We didn't know how or what was going to happen. So we just did what we did and there was none of this trying to protect a brand. I'm not saying the new housewives are like that. I'm just saying that we didn't have time for that. We just had to like – we're sitting in a ta- around a table, having conversations, difference of opinions, and you when we just did what we did, and it just came naturally and organically, right for us. And so I think when your new ones coming into a show that's already a successful hit, I actually had the same feeling when I wasn't coming back for season when you reached out to me said, "Oh my God, Jack, so, you know, you know, I love you, and and it's so I can't believe you're not coming back." And you reached out to me, and I was very much the same. I actually said to production as well, I said, "Whatever happens, like that woman, Gina." She goes, there's not going to be a show. You've got to keep some of that familiarity there and the the connection with the audience, you know, and you do have to have the humour. The humour is more important than anything else. Can't be just fucking fights all day long. I said that to production when they were casting. I said, just make sure whoever you get that they are funny. Yeah. That they don't take themselves too seriously yeah. because it's a hard job and they're there to entertain and their motivation is to entertain. Their motivation is not for what they can grab with both hands because the ones that have come into the show that have been motivated like that haven't lasted. We're there for an audience. It's not that we manufacture what we do. It's all very natural, but the attitude and the integrity has to be there. So fingers crossed, you know, they've nailed it with these four girls. One last thing I'm going to sign up before I say goodbye to Gina G, Gina Liano. Do you think it may be in the stratosphere that you may come back? Well, no, I haven't decided that. Would you be open to it maybe? See how you feel next year or the year after? If the show needed saving, (laughs) put it this way, if the show needed saving, I would feel like, oh, God, I've got to go in and fix this, you know, like I'm a fixer sort of thing. If I didn't feel the need to to call of duty, if you like, or the call to action could get me, the call to action, if it's not there, may make a difference. Well, see, did you hear that, listeners? I'll, I'll just barrage Gina G because I, I'm pretty convincing. Maybe I've just got to, like, message her every other day when this show goes to air for next year. I got lots of messages. Gamble messaged me and, yeah, I got lots yeah, of messages. You did. Gina Liano, hand on heart, thank you so much for supporting my podcast and that is one thing I love about you. You always support women. You're about supporting women on every level and I really thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for coming on my show, Shout Out with Jackie Gillies, and I can't wait to see your response when Season 5 goes to air. Love you, girl. Love you too. Thanks, Jackie. I hope you all enjoyed the chat with Gina. It was so much fun to have her as my very first guest. Gina G, we love you. I am loving seeing all of your messages about how you are all enjoying the podcast and especially how much last week's episode meant and resonated with so many of you. I'm also loving the questions that you are sending through. So follow-up questions after last week's episodes were, Bernadette on Instagram has asked, when you were going through IVF and people came to know your IVF schedule of where you're up to in the process, how would you respond when people would ask you if it was successful? Look, I just kept it 100% real. I just told people it didn't work and... Better luck next time. I've got to keep my positive frame of mind and keep shining up. And of course, there were times that I didn't always 
tell people where I was at in my schedule. I didn't, you know, tell everybody everything. And what I mean by that is you don't just, you know, start calling your friends and family and go, oh, I've just started another round. Sometimes when you kind of say, no, it didn't happen, you kind of feel like a bit of a failure. But then I just thought, no, this is part of the process. The best thing for me to do is just to be transparent about it. And that's what I did. I I was just very open and honest about it. Lockie from Instagram has asked for advice on how to manifest things you want in your life. Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to know your intent. And intent is a very important part of manifesting and your purpose. Are you asking for something from the universe with the right intent that will serve your life's purpose as well as help other people? If it is, then the universe will align with your thoughts. So for example, if you're asking for a relationship, right? You write all the things that you want in a relationship. You visualize yourself in a happy relationship. You visualize and you feel the feelings and you put that out to the universe morning and night. It's almost like when you post a letter, right? You don't ask how it gets there, but you know it gets there eventually. So after that, after asking for all the things that you want, you have to release it to the universe. So have faith that the things you're asking for will come to you and will align with perfect synchronized events. So you might have a thought in your mind as a sign that says, I don't know, go down to that new club that's opening up. This is only an example I'm using. Go down to that new club that's opening up, go for a drink or a meal and go and enjoy yourself with some friends. And some of your friends might've invited you out, but that thought comes that you should go. And then you go and then the universe will do its magic. So the intent, the purpose, releasing, letting go, visualizing, and giving thanks puts you in a state of gratitude. And what that does is it doesn't allow you to be negative. So give thanks for all the things that you have morning and night and just release and let go. The other thing that I do too is I do vision boards. I do pictures of things that I want and I ask the universe to bring it a pass to me. And sometimes it takes a lot longer than that I like to wait for, but I do have patience. And then you just got to keep creative visualization. Keep that visualization of what it is that you want and have faith that it's coming. Here's another little question. Jackie Gillies updates on Instagram has asked, who were you most excited to tell that you're pregnant other than Ben, your family? I'd have to say the cast members and production of The Real Housewives of Melbourne. And because I've worked with them all for so many years and they've become like family to me, it was so exciting to actually tell them that I'm finally pregnant. So yeah. Bree from Instagram has asked, what were you most nervous about going back to Real Housewives of Melbourne season five? I probably would have to say talking about my miscarriage and hoping that everybody would understand my journey and just being very open and transparent about my IVF journey. I think I was nervous about that because I knew what I had gone through emotionally with my miscarriage and the emotional journey that I undertook doing IVF. So I was nervous about talking about that, but I knew I had to. Thank you all so much for your questions. Keep them coming. I will see you all next week. Episodes now dropping each week on Tuesdays. We're going to shine it up. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Shine It Up podcast with me, Jackie Gillies. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe and rate and review, which helps others find the podcast. For more, follow me on Instagram at Jackie Gillies TV and the podcast at Shine It Up underscore with Jackie Gillies. Shine It Up is proudly a part of the ACAST Creator Network. Special thanks to Rode Microphones for powering this episode. 
and I will see you all next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.